happy Friday. Again, we are back with show number two on this double Friday. This is episode number 174 of Shut Up and Grind, although the thumbnail says 173, but I had to slide someone else in earlier, so it's now 174. Don't let the semantics get, get you down. If you are new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds, and today we're going to be talking about finding love, finding love. All right, so if you're joining me on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Trying to grow an audience over there as well, even though we're in 30 countries, but damn it, I want more. All right, so please subscribe to that channel, share. If you're joining me on Facebook, like and share, because we're going to be dropping some golden nuggets. Actually, my guest is going to be dropping the golden nuggets because I'm single, so I don't know how much value I can add to the Finding Love, but we'll see what we can do. And if you have no idea who I am, please let me introduce myself. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. And that's me. See, you guys thought I was all bad jokes and one-liners. No, no, no. We got some skills in here to to go along with the bad jokes. So for today's teachable moment, I'm going to use the same one I used at the 11 o'clock show. And that's this weekend, right? Make it a priority. This weekend, I want you to do something that you love that you haven't done in a while. No matter what it is, I want you to do it. Because you know on this show, I also preach self-care, self-love, self-awareness. And taking care of yourself and doing the things that you love will drastically change your mood. Absolutely. Because you guys all know I, I lived it. You know, I let I let myself go this one time where I backburnered my, myself and I became an absolute shell of myself. And then once I got back to being me, the actual me, the motivational me, the always happy me, the athletic, the competitive me. Some people might say over competitive, but I don't associate those people. Right. But getting back to doing the things that I love, I was able to recapture myself. But in the process of recapturing myself, I lost my relationships. Right? So today we have a relationship expert. She's a clinical psychologist. She is a dating coach. And she helps conscious single men and women find the love of their dreams. With a doctorate in clinical psychology, she founded Find Love at Last in 2014 to empower you to find the love you've been dreaming of. And she's also been a matchmaker, coach, and image consultant for over nine years. So please help me welcome Dr. Holly Beatty. Hi, Brian. Oh, (laughs) afternoon. Sorry. Good, Good afternoon. Afternoon. Yeah, I think it's morning here and afternoon there. So oh yeah, true. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm just so so used to saying saying good morning because you know I typically do morning here, so afternoon yeah. here. <laughs> so yeah. so you're over on the West Coast, correct? Yes, in the San Francisco Bay. San Francisco, you're the second one this week from San Francisco. Oh yeah. Yes, I believe uh, Tuesdays. No, Wednesday's guest was from San Francisco. Yeah, I shared I shared a quick quick story. My son qualified for the track nationals in 2019. It was in Sacramento, and oh. me and me being up. See, people like like to say I'm cheap. I call it economically set, right? So, <laughs> so it it was better. It was much more cost effective to fly into San Francisco. So, gotcha. when, so when we flew in, we didn't really look around much. Like we just flew in, got got the car, and headed up to Sacramento. So. So for the three days of the track meet, it was over 105 degrees all three days. Wow. Right? So we had some time to, to spare. So we were going to do some touristy stuff in, in San Francisco. 
And as we're driving, I'm seeing coats. I'm seeing scarves. I'm seeing hats. <laughs> like, what is happening here? And we pulled off at a mall to get something to eat. And it was 51 degrees. Mm-hmm. It's like, how, like, how is there a 56 degree swing <laughs> in 90 minutes? Yes. It's crazy, isn't it? We have, yes. <clears throat> we have microclimates here. And I'm 27 miles away from the city. And it can be a 30 degree difference depending wow. on the day. Yeah, <laughs> you can always tell the tourists in San Francisco because they think it's like LA and they have shorts on and yes. they're freezing and so they buy all the fleeces up. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my son and I. My, he's like, Dad, we're the only ones wearing shorts. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, we just left 100 degrees. Like I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> yes, quite a swing. Oh, man. So are you originally from there? I am. Yeah, I was born oh, in nice. San Francisco and raised in the East Bay. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And um, how would you describe living there? Oh, gosh. Well, I've lived here most of my life, so um, so I'm biased, but I love it. <laughs> I totally love it. Um, yeah. Yeah, love the weather and um, the people, and it's just a beautiful place to be. Awesome. Yeah, like, I definitely like the vibe of it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, when, like, my son and I, we were all excited about driving over the Golden Gate Bridge, but it was foggy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we, we saw nothing. It's like we were all, all set to take pictures and stuff and, and nothing. So, yeah, uh, very uh, dramatic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely liked, liked the vibe, the vibe of, of the city. But yeah, you'll um, have to come back and, and um, be a tourist and see a little bit more sometime. Absolutely. All right, so let's get to know you a little bit better. So how how would you describe yourself? Oh, gosh, how much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) How how, how much time do you need? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, I usually describe myself as a psychologist turned matchmaker and dating coach. That's pretty relevant to what I do. But what I really am is a healer and a coach and someone who empowers people to really live their dreams specifically around love okay yeah around love (laughs) okay so outside of all of all that what what makes you tick just on a personal level oh gosh i would say connection you know connecting to my tribe uh, my family and friends um nature love the beach um yeah love my dog my husband, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't want to speak for you, but I want to assume as a child, you know, your childhood dream wasn't growing up to be a matchmaker. So so, <laughs> what, so what was the first thing you thought of doing as a child? Yeah. Well, when my high school counselor asked me, I think like my sophomore year, um, with glee, I said, I want to be an interior designer. I was very excited about it. And she was less excited. And (laughs) she said, you know, I think you have more to give. I think you'd be a great counselor. And so um, anyway, I must have really heeded what she said because I went off to college and about halfway through, I decided I was always very creative and I was also very analytical. And so um, about halfway through college, I decided I was going to go in the therapy direction and started looking at graduate schools and the rest is history so nice yeah all right so you said creative and analytical mm-hmm. so describe how those two work hand in hand well as an entrepreneur i'm constantly creating new offers and marketing and, and graphics and you know things like that um yeah really are part of it. But then the analytical part comes in where I'm helping people really excavate their beliefs, their limiting beliefs, and helping them align to their preferred beliefs. And um, it's, it's, I guess, the pragmatic side, you know, that um, helps people go from where they are to where they want to be. And um, so the two work very nicely hand in hand. Nice. I'm glad. I'm glad I asked because typically people that are very analytical, I don't want to say they're not the most creative people, but just mm-hmm. saying, you know, in general, 
in general. That's yeah. what I that's what what I find in life. So just as I was listening to you, just like with with, with the dreams, the connection, the the creative, the creative, and then you threw in the analytical. So it just kind of kind of sparked <laughs> the light bulb there. It's like I kind of want to expand on that that a little bit. Yeah. All right. So how would you describe your upbringing? Mm. Well, I would say it wasn't the happiest of upbringings. That's for sure. It was abusive. Um, and what it really taught me is um, my parents didn't have a happy marriage. Okay. And what it, it was quite a lesson early on on what I didn't want. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It taught me also that to me, the most important decision that we make in life is who we partner with. Yeah. And so that's part of why I do the work that I do. A big part. Gotcha. See, yeah. this is why I don't go off of talking points. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want to get down to the heart of it and not say now, now, like we could stop right here and it all ties in. <laughs> you know, it all it all ties in. Because like as I start asking these questions, I like to find out why you're doing what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. then it makes the rest of the conversation just that much more powerful. Definitely. You know. Like I had someone on the, on the show that's got a you know a seven figure business and you know big old house and and all this and, and just you know, the majority of my audience they won't identify with that right out of the gate, mm-hmm. you know. So as I started po- poking and prodding with my questions, come to find out she had a very poor upbringing, mm. you know. She had a father who wasn't in the picture, and you know, so like there were just just more more things in there that now makes this an amazing story. You know, it's, it's like, you're not just throwing all my riches and all your riches in my face, you know? So it's right. like, gives yeah. it context and trajectory. Yes, yes, exactly. You know, so helping people find their perfect match, you know, you can stem that back to what you went through into your childhood and just makes that whole journey that much more amazing. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. For sure. All right. So you had mentioned being a psychologist. Mm-hmm. All right. So so take me through that journey. So you're you're in college. You decide mm-hmm. this is this is what you're gonna do. What were your next steps? And and what did you see yourself doing with it? Yeah. Well, I definitely wanted to be a therapist and work with people. Um, helping people was always kind of core to um, what was important to me. So I just went to college forever and (laughs) eventually that ended and I went straight through though from kindergarten to doctorate and um, I I probably wouldn't choose that path again, but that was mine and um, it was a really, really long path. And so um, when I got out of school, I worked with victims of crime, mostly kids, a lot of foster kids. Um, it was really fulfilling work, but it was also really intense, as you might imagine. Yes. And um, I got a bit burnt out after all those years of school and my caseload and everything. And so um, I went into executive search where I was pairing uh, top talent with corporations and startups in Silicon Valley. And I had done that as I worked my way through graduate school. So I kind of knew how to do that. And I did that for quite a few years and it was lucrative, but not that meaningful for me. And eventually I got laid off and, um, and I really took that as an opportunity to really search for my calling because I knew I hadn't found it yet. And so I'm a multi-passionate woman. And so I pursued all of my passions, not knowing which should be my career and which should be a hobby and which should be charity. And, and it took me to Africa twice. And, um, and when I got back, I basically pursued all of my passions except one. Yeah. And none of them worked out in terms of becoming my next career choice. And there was one left and it was becoming a dating coach. And so when I got back from Africa, I thought, you know what, let's give this a go. And so in 2014, I started my business, Find Love at Last, as a dating coach. All right, let's let's hit pause. Let's hit pause. Pause right there. Because you just unpacked a whole lot of stuff. I got got questions. I got questions. (laughs) All right. So you said a couple things that, that this is the premise of the show. And this is why I asked the questions that I asked. Yeah. Is you said that you were burnt out. 
yes. and you're burnt out. So, so many times, and it happened to me too, is mm-hmm. we end up doing something that you're good at, it pays well, and you know, you could be servicing some of the greater good, mm-hmm. but you're spreading yourself way too thin and you, like you're not fully fulfilled. And yes. I feel like that's my target audience <laughs> right mm-hmm. right uh-huh. there right yes. that's that's my target audience cuz cuz again I lived it so you yes. know I'm I'm not I'm not to to to, to your, your level with the education but in my lived experience mm-hmm. you know like everything that I speak about is stuff that I've been through you know yes. and 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 I try to find the parts of my story that I can relate to other people mm-hmm. you know so that that was why I wanted to pause you there and then the other thing you said, you tried things that were lucrative, but not that meaningful, mm-hmm. you know, because when you do things that are meaningful and you do things that fulfill you, burnout yeah. doesn't happen. Right. You know, it's like I get up in a four o'clock hour every day, you know, five o'clock hour on Saturday and Sunday, but every single day and I'm at the gym, like, and I don't ever dread being there, you know, because mm-hmm. the people who, who come in there, they're there because they need me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they yeah. need, they are paying for me to guide them and to inspire them and to, to give them the tough love when they need it. So yeah. it's like, how how could I ever dread going in for that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. yeah so Your life feels so different that. when you're doing what you love, you know? Yes. It's a nice day. Yes. And when you make it something about something bigger than yourself. And, and I know for the people that listen to it, I say that all the time. But it's true. But yeah. but it's true. Like you helping people find love is bigger than you. <laughs> you know, and, and that makes you want to show up and show up as your best self because like you are really helping people change their lives. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just wanted to take a second and highlight that. And did you think you were just gonna gloss over going to Africa? <laughs> well, I had a feeling you might want to unpack that a bit. <laughs> yes, yeah. So when when you see me look look at that, I'm taking look at how many notes I have already. We've been talking for 17 minutes. Remind me <laughs> another hour. <laughs> for real, please have to have you have you back on again already. We're not even at the heart of the subject yet. But actually, yes. Yeah, see, so I've actually had several guests that have done trips to Africa. And I'm just curious mm-hmm. to summarize, like to hear how you summarize your experiences there. Mm. Well, um, I went as a single woman alone. Mm-hmm. And so it took a lot of courage for me to go. Um, there was also, I was looking for an adventure and to really help people. And so um, I went on a volunteerism trip to work with orphans. Um, and uh, it was incredible. It was life-changing. And um, yeah, just amazing. Um, lit my hair on fire. I never felt so alive, I think, as when I was there. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I went back a couple years later. And um, I, you know, thought there might be an opportunity to create a nonprofit or international development type of opportunities yeah. um, or even a social enterprise. Um, it didn't end up working out that way, but um, I have no regrets and it, it changed my life. Wow. Yeah. So what, what kind of things did you see? Mm. Oh gosh. Um, you know, we often think coming from, you know, a first world country, developed country that um, we have so much to share with them. And um, I think that's one of the biggest misnomers because, you know, we have all this wealth and we live in the land of plenty and extravagance. And yet so many of us are walking around living, you know, lives not filled with meaning and fulfillment. And here I went to this remote rural village where by our standards, there's nothing hardly. I mean, there's huts and there's um, uh, cement block houses and, um, you know, no indoor plumbing and erratic electricity and you have to bring the water in. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's 
a totally different way of life. But what is so amazing about it is that when you take away all the things, what is left is love and relationships. Yes. And everything else is so simple. Like life is so simple there. It's just kind of reduced to its most essence. And that's when the relationships and the connection, you know, are front and center. And, you know, in my village, at least, it's like people were happy and joyful and radiant and beaming, you know, and by our standards, they have nothing. Yes. And yet they have everything. See, and you just echoed something very similar to what my 11 o'clock guest said, because she said she went to Haiti after they had that massive earthquake a few, few yes. years ago. And she said pretty much the, pretty much the same thing. Like, mm -hmm. like a, lo a lot of them have nothing. And she said sometimes, like, they'll eat, they're, they're like, here, we eat three times a day. She's like, sometimes mm -hmm. they're lucky to eat three times a week, mm -hmm. you know? And, but she, but she said, but you'll see the most happy, most resilient people, yes. you know? And, and here, you know, we'll, we'll crack our phones and, like, life is over. Yeah. So I'm actually going to connect you with someone who's in California who who's doing what you wanted to do her name mm. is dawn yes yeah, she, she was a guest on my show a couple of times but yeah she obviously prior to to the pandemic like she had done several several uh missions trips down to down to africa so um, wow. nothing else you guys can chit chit chat you know yeah, about, about about your experiences so i wrote it down so so i don't forget it <laughs> all right so so now so let's pick it back up you, you were talking about 2014 you started your business yes yeah, so I started my business as a dating coach, and I did that for a couple years. Then I had a business advisor suggest I get into matchmaking. Okay, well, some... hold on, hold on, let's stop there. Okay, so you were a dating coach, right? What does that mean? What did you do? Yeah, well, I worked with conscious single men and women professionals and helped them expedite their path to love. Okay, how? So, Yeah. So we did that for a couple of years. Then I got into matchmaking. I was saying yes to most things that year. Yeah. And so I said yes to that. I didn't have a database or anything to speak of. So I started from scratch, started networking a lot and yeah. meeting a lot of people, did that. And then last year, at the beginning of COVID, I was planning on creating retreats for women uh. um, to help expedite their uh, path to love. And then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and I had joined a program in January to do the retreats. So a couple months later, I thought, you know, um, this is probably the worst year to create a retreat. <laughs> <laughs> so I pivoted, you know, like entrepreneurs do. And, um, and I carved out a couple hours every day. And I sat down and I wrote what is now my Love at Last Masterclass, which is for conscious single women uh, it's basically everything I wish that I would have known 10 years ago before meeting my amazing husband. Yeah. And it takes you from where you are now to where you want to be and 90 day program. And it's had a lot of success. So, um, so I've been doing that ever since. And then I just launched what I call dating club, which is the club after masterclass where you get the support to implement those principles you learned in the class. And I support you, you know, toward making the most important decision of your life. Okay, so let's so let's go back to the first one, uh, okay. the the masterclass. So first, how did you come up with the name? Well, um, I'm a huge Oprah fan, okay. and I love her masterclass series. I think it's brilliant and one of the best things I've ever seen on TV. And so. Um, my company name is Fine Love at Last, and so, but a lot of people just shorten it and say Love at Last, and so I thought, mm -hmm. well, Love at Last, Masterclass, I kind of had a ring to it, so yeah, there it was. I like yeah. it. All right, and so describe the Masterclass, obviously, without giving it away. Sure. Yeah, well, <clears throat> we first resolve your past because it's hard to really usher in your future if your past is taking up, you know, a lot of your hard drive. Yes. So, um, and we look at limiting beliefs, you know, we want to make sure those are aligned to what you ultimately want. 
Like, give, your give me a couple examples. Um, well, one limiting belief that I hear a lot is, you know, Holly, I'm, I'm too old. Mm. I'm too old to find love. And I find this at every decade. I had a woman recently tell me, I think I'm too old for love. I missed the boat. And I said, she didn't sound very old. So I said, you know, can you tell me how old you are? She said, I'm 43. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that ship sailed. Oh, oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So that's a limiting belief, right? Mm -hmm. Another one I hear all the time is um, there are no good men out there from women. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to a woman this week, and she said her friend said that to her. And, you know, we have to be really careful because whatever we believe is what we're going to receive. Yep. So we have to make sure that we are believing what we want to receive, right? And so otherwise you're going to have that experience. There are no good men out there. So so our beliefs are super, super important because we can do everything else right in this trajectory of finding you love. But if your beliefs aren't aligned to what you ultimately want, it's going to sabotage our efforts. Yes. So true. So true. It's like, and, and that's true in multiple facets of life too, because oh, yeah. even, even in the fitness world. Mm -hmm. So when I sit down with people and they tell me what their goals are and I always say, why? Because, mm -hmm. cause what, cause that answer is going to, going to decide if you, if you see it through. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when yes. the, an, when the answers are so important. Yes. When the answers are super shallow, guess mm -hmm. what happens? Your actions are super shallow. Yes. You know? Yes. So true. <laughs> yeah. So true. All right. So what's yeah. what's the next step there? So we do well, that we, part. Yeah. We ensure that you become the one to attract the one. Right. So we look at your image. Right. Because that's part of life. It is. And um, and then we get really pragmatic and we get really clear about what you're looking for. And um, then we talk about how to teach potential partners how to treat us. And we talk about how to navigate modern dating, even during a pandemic, um, online dating. And, you know, a lot of my clients have been in relationships for a long time. They haven't been single for a long time. Yeah. Um, not all, but some. And so they're just not quite sure how to navigate the ins and outs. They don't know what their relationship rights are. Yeah. So we talk about that. And we ultimately talk about how to get the commitment they want from their ideal partner. And how to ultimately manifest that? Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So, in so when you're when you're getting people to resolve their past, mm -hmm. like how many layers deep are we going? Because you, you know most people don't, you know, they don't offer up right in the in the in the beginning. So, because even yeah. at, even in fitness, you know, so so how did you get to this point? And then like, well, you know, life happened. Like, no, no, I don't need life happen. Like, what about life happened? It's like I have to prod and prod and prod until I get the right answer. Yeah. So uh, do you find the same with this? Well, most of my clients have done some form of therapy or coaching before I work with them. Okay. Um, they've done some inner work before we come together. Yeah. So sometimes there's some residual, you know, of, um, you know, a lot of people have this idea, and I think it's a misnomer in our culture, but that, um, you know, I have, they'll come to me and say, I have, you know, these failed relationships or I had a failed marriage. And I actually don't believe in failed relationships. Yeah. I say, you know, there is no failed relationship except the one you didn't take the lesson from. Yeah. So, you know, as long as we're paying attention to our lives and, but there's a lot of people out there who are carrying so much pain right? Pain from the past, pain of things that happened to them, traumas. And a lot of people think that that's oh, just life. You just carry around traumas. But that's not actually what's supposed to happen with trauma and pain. Yes. We're supposed to actually heal. And that is the whole point of the pain, to get us on the other side of the pain. And so we can take the lesson and move forward free of the pain. That's what's supposed to happen. And when we do, then you know, so much about time orientation. Um, you know, I remember for me before I'd resolved my past, that so much of my present was focused on my past. There was a large part of my present that was always kind of taken up by unresolved things from the past. And then there's other people who are so focused on the future that they're not really here in the present. 
And so, but the real power is in the now, right? In the present moment. And when we're free of the past and we have a sense of what we want for the future, that's always helpful. That really focuses us in the present. So, okay. um, all right. So, how, so how do you go about helping people free up that? Because, like, one thing mm-hmm. I do is I'm also a storytelling coach, you know, mm-hmm. and and in that, it's helping people take these things that they've gone through and turn it into okay. something more, you know. So, whether people want to do a blog or write a book or something along those lines, like I had had a g- gentleman who had lost his mom 35 years ago. And he still had, he still hadn't really accepted that it happened. And so, you know, I helped him, I helped him put, put together his series of stories to write a 30 minute keynote speech, if he Mm -hmm. wants to use it in that way. But we weaved in the passing of his mother and we extracted all the lessons from it. I said, I said, so I said, so take the loss itself and put that to the side. It's like, you know, when you got the phone call of what happened to her, like, what were your thoughts? What were your feelings? What were your next steps? What did you like? Like, we broke it down every single inch. And then once I was able to, to show them, like, see, now these here are the moments where you can help someone else who lost, a, who lost a loved one and how you can now be their rock, you know, and then that will, that will help you resolve as well. Yes. You know, so as the professional, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think, um, you know, again, another myth in our culture is that um, is that time heals. Yeah. And I really don't think that time alone heals. I think that what we do with the time can heal. Yes. um, And a different understanding um, can certainly heal. And understanding and epiphanies don't have to take a lot of time but when we have a different understanding of what happened to us um, and we can take the lesson from it it's amazing how quickly we can suddenly get over our past and feel free of it and then empowered by it and I always know that I'm over the past when I can be fully grateful for it yes you know and and as it says up above us, your true power lies in your story. Just yeah. like you were saying, people walk around holding on to traumatic experiences. And people have to understand that accepting it and moving on from it doesn't mean you forget it. Right. You know? So it's like, you know, I lo- lost my dad a couple year couple years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've accepted it. I've, you know, extracted the lessons from it. It was actually two two years ago yesterday. And, but but there are some days where I'm like, damn it, I miss him, and I get emotional. <laughs> you know, you know, it happens. But if if I'm speaking with someone else, like I did a, several episodes on on grief, you know, and I had had grief count counselors on, and we, we were you know just talking about the different levels, you know, because there's definitely different levels. Yeah. But but even still, it doesn't matter what level you're at. At some point, you learn something from it. And, and, and I find the people that hold on to past relationships, mm-hmm. it's like, that's exactly what it is. You're holding on to it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not that person. It's mm-hmm. you. And once right. you realize I have to let go. Yes. And then and you so go open often, up your door to, to something new. Definitely. And so often we have to give ourselves that closure, you know? Yes. And that's the key sentence. Give ourselves. It's like, like yeah. what, what what I found in my own travels, and I've dealt with this myself with my own heartbreak, is like it's so easy to just blame the other person, yeah, you know, and blame the other person. And so fi- finally, I was like, you know what? What the hell am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. know? you know, That's so such like an it, important it, question to ask. Yeah, like right? in all of these failed relationships, I, I'm also a common denominator here. Yes, <laughs> I was for like, sure. What am I doing wrong? And that's that's where our power lies. Yes. That's where our power lies because we can only control ourselves, right? Yep. So if we look back at the common denominator, us, and we can only change us, that's exactly and only where our power lies. Yes, exactly. And it's enough. It's way more than enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But but I, I feel like for some people, though, by, by saying I have to change, 
Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, they take that as a, there's something wrong with me, mm-hmm. you know, or like, I'm not enough. Like I have to be something like, no, it's not that. It's just recognizing that, you know, we're, we're humans. We all have flaws. It's sure. like, it's just recognizing that you do have, have some, and those flaws could be re- repelling your, your, your perfect match. Yes. You know? Or how I say it is, you're a masterpiece and a work in progress all at the same time. Yes. Yes. See, so for someone like me, I'll let you go all doctor on me for a second if you want to. So for someone like me, I found now I'm very type A, right? I'm very, very type A. And I've been, and this could just be a scapegoat. I don't know. But I've I've been in a leadership position since I was 15 years old, Mm -hmm. right? So I started really young. I was a general manager at 19 years old. So like, it's just wired in my blood to fix problems, uh-huh. you know? And so, and, and I, that leads to a breakdown in communication. Cause there were times where the woman just wants to be heard. Yes. And I suck at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I, I totally, I totally admit, I was like, you know, as I think back on past, past re- relationships, like communication has been the biggest thing. Cause mm-hmm. my thing is like, listen, if we just fix that, then it goes away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And, well, sometimes it takes less work, you know? You don't even have yes. to fix it, but you can just hear them yeah. and it can go away without all the problem solving. Yeah, It just it, kind it, of dissolves, right? Because sometimes people just need to feel heard and seen. Yes. And that is actually, instead of fixing the problem, that is actually what needs to happen. Yes. So how do I go about not sucking at that anymore? Because I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> <Practice>. <laughs> it's, like, it's like everything in my world is about fixing problems. I help people at the gym with their health and fitness. I'm a sports coach, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like yes, you encourage the good behavior, but as a coach, you're correcting the bad habits or the bad forms or, you know, yes. the bad shots. Well, so and like, that, like, that's, that's my entire world. Yeah, that's worked for you professionally, which is great. Yeah. And that's, you're in your masculine energy there. Yeah. But we all have masculine and feminine energy within us. Yeah. And so it's really learning how to navigate between the two when you need to, when it best serves you. Yeah. And so in those moments in relationship, it's really about harnessing more of the feminine energy and just being there and being present and reflecting back and validating. So do you, you can find, so do you find that a lot when you're working with men? Oh, it's very common. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, and I even have that some myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a problem solver too. And, you know, wanting to get away with the problems and all of that. So I think that's my natural tendency as well. Okay. But yeah. um, sometimes we're, we're doing more than we need to, um, you know, to, to solve a problem when all we have to do is really show up and be present and, and nurturing and validating and sometimes that's all it takes i mean look at the name of my show <laughs> shut up and grind <laughs> <laughs> it says it all <laughs> it really does. yeah it's like there's a woman at the gym um a couple of days ago like we were doing an exercise now now they know my my rule like if you show up to class i expect 100 percent. just how it is like if you can give 100 percent, don't show up and so we were doing something and she kept stop stopping early and like it, uh, in the endurance rounds, I, I have more, more flexibility in the mm-hmm. shorter rounds, Like it's a 30 second round. Like you can't take a 30 second ass kick and you're in the wrong gym, you know? So it's like mm-hmm. 30 seconds. She kept stopping early. She kept mm-hmm. stopping early. And she's like, well, you know, I got my booster shot y- yesterday. I said, I didn't ask you about yesterday. I'm asking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you can push for 27 seconds, you can give me the other three. You know, and, and that, like, that's just my automatic response system. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, whatever like that issue is, is, yeah, whatever the issue is, I move right to solution. <laughs> and yeah. so, so I know with, with me, that's, that's my biggest, that's my biggest, that's my, that's my biggest detriment. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's just, you know, um, like in your work, it's just like a muscle, right? It just gets a little, a little easier each time. Yeah. All righty. All righty. I'm going to try. I'm going to circle back with you and we'll see. 
Okay. <laughs> oh. oh, speaking of Dawn, I think Dawn may be on. So Dawn, if you are on and if you heard me mention about Africa, let me know in the comment. And then if not, I'll reach out to you afterwards. All right. So from there, so you have the dating club. What's next from there? Let's see. Actually, I don't think I don't think I asked you about the dating club. So, so what does that entail? Yeah. So, um, I I created it for masterclass alums. Yeah. Um, because they were wanting support after the class to implement those same principles in their own dating life, and just get a little bit more support. So, yes. what I'm in the process of doing actually this week and today is I'm getting ready to open up Dating Club to, to um, all women, not just Masterclass alums, because okay. I think that there's a lot of people in pain out there. There's a lot of people who really want their ideal partner but have no clue or not enough of a clue about how to really manifest that for themselves. Okay. Some people are really um, aware of <clears throat> the fact that they need help other people just aren't um, getting the results they want in their love life. And so Dating Club is really about giving you the support you need to stand in your power, to um, ask for and require what you need, to choose better next time, to define who your ideal partner is, and how to navigate the trajectory from where you are now to the love of your dreams. So do you use personality assessments? Um, we look at personality attributes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just just curious, because I mm-hmm. I mean I know th- I know they're not an exact science, but they they tell a they tell a pretty solid story. Uh-huh. You know, like I had I had an assistant. Now I'm I'm very like I said, I'm very type type A, but I'm also very extroverted. You know, uh-huh. so like, with, like when I'm in my leadership role, like there's no denying who the boss is. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like if I'm working just in a like I was volunteering last week with uh, Spartan Reese and like I like I can play part of a team just as just as well. You uh-huh. know, so like I have those organizational wise, not the best. And we already discussed <laughs> and we already discussed my listening skills. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I had I had an assistant and she was very similar. We were very, very similar. And uh-huh. so we would have, like, as, as long as I kept her task, she was on it. And mm-hmm. we would sit down and have a business meeting. We would talk for two and a half hours and accomplish nothing. <laughs> because <laughs> we because we are just both the same. So yes. I was like, all right, I was like, for, for my next one, you know, I, I use the, uh, this, the this assessment because I'm a high B and a high I. Very low S, very low C. I said, so I need someone who's the exact opposite. Yes, higher your weaknesses. Yes, and let me let me tell you, it worked out beautifully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really did because there was she wanted nothing to do with my strengths, and I wanted nothing to do with hers. Okay. <laughs> what so you want? It, it you can outsource well. all of that and be happier. <laughs> exactly. God, if she <laughs> if she wasn't twenty five years younger than me, she 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 could have been a perfect match. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we worked so well together. It was great. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> all right, so. You're in the dating club now, so like, what? What? Oh no, sorry, I wrote it down. Manifest. You had mentioned manifest. How how do you help people manifest what what they want? It's mm, a good question. I ask all um, the questions, Doctor Holly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how to manifest? Well, um, a lot of it has to do with belief. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of the more what I call spiritual part. Um, but then there's also strategy and a lot of people don't, we don't even talk really about dating strategy. I mean, I do, but the world doesn't really talk about dating strategy. We have strategies for building wealth. We have strategies for, um, you know, what you do, helping people, you know, have healthier and, and, uh, bodies, stronger bodies. Um, we have plans and strategies for our careers but we don't usually employ strategies for dating. And yet it's no different than all those other categories, right? It's just that we have this idea and some of it is probably from Hollywood and all this, that we're just gonna meet them 
you know, we're going to see <laughs> Starbucks and we just hope that it's going to happen. Mm. And hope is great, but what's better is hope and strategy, especially yes. if you really want love and you want it sooner rather than later. Okay. Yeah. So my <clears throat> next question is when people, when people talk about their partner and they say, change like i can change them and i know i said that that earlier but i've heard that i've heard that said about me many times because <laughs> because okay. one one thing with me again i'll say is i'm not i'm not too big on compromise mm-hmm. you know like like mm-hmm. as i as i get older so i donated a kidney to my sister <laughs> in, in 2011 and and going through that process it was the first time i felt my mortality wow. right and, and so i was like I'm not, I'm not doing stuff I don't want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, and I was at the tail end of a relationship where we were both just hanging on because mm-hmm. we had kids, you know, we wanted to give, give the kids a solid foundation. You know, people say, oh, you can't stay together for the kids. I'm like, I really can't think of any, be- any better reason than giving the kids stability, provided it's not like War of the Roses, which it sure. wasn't. <laughs> yeah, which it wasn't. Because like, we actually... When we split, we actually still cohabitated for eight months, and the kids the kids had no clue mm-hmm. that we we had split up. But wow. but 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 anyway, so so I was on that the tail end of that where I started pulling back from things I didn't want to do, mm-hmm. you know. So naturally, she didn't like that. But for me personally, I was happier, you know. Mm-hmm. Like cause now, I'm not sitting somewhere where I don't want to be. Right. You know, and so like how how much of that do you do you hear here in your travels? Like it's like I can't be who I am because it bothers her. Uh-huh. But this is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well the, the good news for you is that you're single. Well, right? Yeah. And so because you're single, you can make an even better choice next time. Yes. And there's this another myth in our culture um that relationships are hard work that they take a lot of work and they're hard and that's just par for the course. Well, I don't really believe that. And I think when we choose better and more wisely and we know ourselves better, we make better choices. And when we make better choices or a better choice in a partner, the relationship doesn't have to be so hard. My marriage isn't hard. Yeah, It's, it's easy. Yeah. Um, the people in my lives who are happily married, same thing. It's not to say it doesn't take effort, and it's not to say there aren't more challenging seasons, but when you choose well, it doesn't have to be hard. Love that quote. I might have to st- steal that one from you. But so now it's a completely different extreme, but I, th- I think the principle still aligns with what you just said. So the consultation I had in between podcasts today. Right, we were talking about drinking water. Yeah. And so this woman told me she drinks one bottle of water a day. One. And I was like, well, what is the bottle? Is it like mine? No, no, a regular 16, <laughs> 16.9. No, I mean like okay. mine, mine's a 50 ounce too. So like even if she drank one of these, that would be much much better. And yeah. she's like, she's like, I just struggle with it. She's like, I, I just don't, I'm like, I'm like, but it's really not a struggle. I was like, see, you drink, you, you take this, you you open it and you drink it till it's gone. <laughs> and and you have the whole day to do it. <laughs> you know? exactly. it's, like, it's like mine, why are you mine even has the times of day on it, you yes. know? Seven AM to yep. nine PM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. But but I also think if if we go back to like the heart of the problem is because like you said it earlier, like you know, there there is a physical attraction. And that's usually the first thing people notice. Right. It's like, oh wow, she's cute. Oh wow, he's cute. You know, and so when you're in the getting to know each other phase, all the flashing red lights, you're ignoring them all because you're enamored by whatever you're enamored by. And right. then, the, then the hearts end up getting attached before you realize, wow, maybe that's not the one. Maybe we shouldn't be attached. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like we're waiting until the attachment happens. And now it's, you know, now it's a lot Now it is complicated. Now we should detach or, wow, this is good. Somebody's going to have to compromise for this to be sustainable. Yes. So, which is why, go ahead. ask your question. Oh, I was going to say, well, because I, I framed that to lead into my next question. 
So, so like, how, like, how do you, how do you address that with the people you work with? It's like, you know, okay, just because they got rock hard, hard abs and they're a smooth talker, that doesn't mean that's the one. Right, right. Well, yeah, um, it's a really good point. And again, in our culture, we tend to overvalue looks and undervalue character. Yes. And um, that's what gets us into that very predicament, right? Because looks aren't sustainable, unfortunately. Yeah. And so if our relationship is based on looks and looks I'm, fight, I'm fighting it though. I'm fighting it. Right? <laughs> we all are. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if looks aren't sustainable and your relationships relationship is solely based on looks, that's not going to be sustainable either. So we need something that is, I think we've all had the experience of meeting someone that just rocks our world and that we are just completely enamored and attracted to. Um, you know, there are 12 on a scale of 10. And um, and then as we get to know them over time, they become less attractive to us because of their character. Yes. You know, how they treat people or how they treat you. Um, well, the inverse can happen too. That we meet someone that doesn't like knock our socks off at first. Maybe they're more like a seven or an eight. Yeah. But the more that we get to know them over time, the more we actually fall in love with who they are and who their character is. And yes. that is sustainable. Yes. Like I tell, I tell my daughter, I was like, you know, you got to look for qualities. Like what are the qualities okay. about this person? Cause That's like she, she's only had, she's only had one, one boyfriend. And when I met him, like I saw the red flags right, right away, right wow. away. And but but you know you can't help who who you like so I you know I would back off and and just as things would arise I mm -hmm. would just point them out like see how he just said that to you just pay attention just pay mm -hmm. attention like because now that he's starting to get comfortable true colors are starting to surface yeah I was like that's what happens you know when you first get together I know you're you're in the three piece suit and you got chocolate mm -hmm. and roses at every day and you know <laughs> so then once you get comfortable yeah then they then you know, those standards come down and the real person surfaces. Completely. You know? Yeah. You need the representative or the persona at yes. first and nobody can fake it forever. Yes, exactly. Right? So there's no, there's no substitute for the variable of time. Yep. So, so since I've been single, I have gone, gone on a couple of dates and I've put my cards on the table immediately. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, like listen, this is me. Uh -huh. okay. Well, well, a the first obstacle is I have five children. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, okay. so I mean, I mean, they're older. So it's not like I have five little kids. You know, they're twenty-two, mm -hmm. nineteen, fourteen, and I have twin boys who are twelve. Okay, you know, so it's like, you know, they're not little, but still, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. just just in schedules alone, yes. that's a lot. With this, this one's play, got basketball. This one's doing track. This one's playing softball. You know, yeah. this one's in college. You know, and so. That that in itself is just a lot. So I, I don't even try to try to hide that fact. It's like, yes, I'm mm -hmm. saying I have five five children. If you want to keep talking, we can keep talking. Right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no sense in letting that letting that drag out for a couple of weeks. Oh, by the way. <laughs> you know, so stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's not gonna change, right? So exactly. Yeah, exactly. That I'm I'm competitive. Like I'm never I'm never not going to be competitive. It's yeah. I'm just not like that's that's who I am. Who you are, one of yeah. your values. Yeah. Yeah. We want we want to choose partners that share our values because again, values tend not to change over time. You've probably exactly. been competitive most of your life. My I entire life. I'm the youngest of seven kids. Oh, you had to be then. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It wasn't like, a choice. Just to not be so and so's little brother. That was uh, my that was my mission. Because we were all athletes and we were all uh -huh. pretty good. You know, uh -huh. so like and I grew up in a small town. So like every, everybody knew us. And you know, full transparency, we were one of a handful of black families in, in mm -hmm. our neighborhood. So everybody knew us. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, so yeah. so it's always like, oh, you're so and so's little brother. You're so uh, I hated it, <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I worked, I worked like crazy. Just to, like the first time I saw my name in the newspaper, it was like I was crying. It's like I finally I'm recognizing yeah. me. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, wow, amazing. Yeah, that's just part part of my DNA now. Like that's how it is. E- even at forty seven, I still everything I do, like I still compete in track and field. I play basketball. I'm in a volleyball league. I run obstacle races, and wow. you know, if people have always tried to slow to slow me down. I'm like, why do you want to take? Like, it's not like I go bar hopping. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't have a drug problem. You know what I mean? It's like, like I'm addicted to co- the competition. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it keeps me healthy. It keeps me fit. It's like, yeah. why do you why do you want to slow that down? There's way worse habits I could have than that. True, true. <laughs> can I ask you a question? You sure can. Do you have time for love? Right now, this moment, pro- probably not, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. That's probably why I'm not pursuing it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But you, when when it's when you're ready, then you probably will make time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So, like, I've I've heard that a good amount just from again being at the gym, getting speaking gigs. You know, like yeah. I travel, I traveled around to go. You know, because I, I I dropped out of college, so mm-hmm. I traveled to mastermind groups and stuff to learn to learn what I know about marketing and branding and. You know, I got certified in, in um, True True Colors, which was booked before the DISC assessment. That's why, why uh, I know so much about the personality types and the stressors and all uh-huh. that stuff. But but like I did a lot of traveling to get all that done. You know, and again, I have a lot of kids, so you know, <laughs> you so like hard, I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> but it's like you know, part of it too is is I want to let them know that you don't have to stop doing the things you love. You know, like that's, that's, that's huge. You know, I don't remember who did the study, but someone, someone, some group did a study on 80, 80 patients that had terminal illnesses. Mm -hmm. And one of their biggest regrets were not pursuing their passions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know what? And, and, and I told you after I I did the, uh, the kidney donation with my sister, I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm doing all the, all the things I want to do. Yeah. You know, we have one we have one life, you know, one life. Yeah, there's seven billion people on this planet. There's gonna be one that's as adventurous as me. (laughs) 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 I'm sure there's one out there. That's like you want to go parasailing, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you'll need someone who can keep up with you and who likes adventure and yeah, is experiential. Yes. Yeah. Like, cause I'm not into the typical things, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, you want to, want to go out for a couple of drinks? Like, no, I really don't. <laughs> I, was like, I don't like that stuff. Like I like being out outdoors. I like high adrenaline things and like parasailing, mm-hmm. jet skiing. I love yeah. zip lining, you know? Yeah. So like, like if I'm not competing in something, I love those, those thrills, those thrill things. Like I yeah. went zip, zip lining in, in the Rockies in Colorado and it was absolutely amazing. Wow. You know, it's like, I'll take that experience over, sorry, but walking on the beach. <laughs> that, that's, that's just how I'm wired, man. That's just how I'm wired. <laughs> yeah. You just need someone who enjoys that too. Yes. Yeah. All right. See, see what I'm saying about time going by? Lord have mercy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. So, let's, so how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. Well, you can go to my website at findloveatlast.com. Um, I also have a Facebook group for for single people. It's called Conscious Singles from Single to Soulmate. So you can join me there and I'll inspire you. Yeah, just like that. Mm-hmm. I'll inspire you and give you tips and um, we're going to do a happy hour soon. So um, you should be in that group, Robert. I am in that group. Oh, <laughs> we just hit a thousand, I think, last week. So I, I oh, haven't nice. kept track of everyone in the group. So, but good. Nice. I'm so glad you're in that group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Once I, once I told you, like, like you were booked in, and and I was like, I'm connected with her some, oh, somehow. Right, right, right. And then I saw you had a group, so I was like, you know what? Let me let me jump jump in and see what see what it's all about. Definitely. But, and yeah. one last thing that I wanted to share with your listeners, yeah. I'd love to. Um, to offer the first five people who reach out to me a free dating success call with me. Um, so it's a 45 minute call where we talk about your love life and where you want it to be and where you are now and 
um, I've had people find love just from that session alone. Wow. So um, it can be really powerful. And um, if you reach out to me on my website and just shoot me an email, um, we can go ahead and get that set up. Wow. And free 45 minutes. That's a big deal. I know. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Like I give a free 15 minute call. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, 45 minutes. That's, that's it can awesome. Be, so. It can be a little hard to talk about love in just 15 minutes. Sometimes. This, this is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah. With, with mine, I just help people create a story. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes or less, you know, so, so yeah. that's, that's what that is. And, and, and again, typically it's, it's, it's something that, that they're, they're already well aware of yeah. and I'm just showing them how to, how to speak it into existence. Like I had a guy who had a uh, surgery on his jaw mm-hmm. and, and again, as I'm doing, doing uh, the episode with him, he just kind of actually. I think we we actually connected before the episode. That was before I started just doing these free free flowing. Uh-huh. And so he was talking, and he just kind of glossed over it again. And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa back up!" <laughs> I was like, "What happened?" You know, he had. I guess he had a large tumor re, re, mm-hmm. uh, removed. And I was like, "Okay, so let's talk about that. Like, how did you know it was there? Like, were you in pain? Were you afraid it was cancerous?" So I'm like, "You know, did this stuff here that we can unpack." Yeah. And so in about maybe five, five minutes, I turned that into something that he can, he can use as an inspirational story. Wow. So like, as he was talking, like I always do, I sit here with my notebook and I, I jot notes down mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, listen to this. And I just went in, just went into to the whole spiel about him finding out about the tumor through his surgery and mm-hmm. his recovery. And he was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, yes, like it's not so much. Like it has to be some big major thing, you know, like like you had, you know, your leg am- amputated and now like it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. I was like, but you can take something so ordinary and make it sound extraordinary. You yeah. know, like like I helped someone else who was talking about changing careers and mm-hmm. the same and, and the same thing. I was, I was like, there's a whole whole lot more than you just change jobs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So and so like that's that's amazing. And then watching the people's faces like what once you once you help them tell that story in a better light it's like wow like mm-hmm. and i want to i want to assume you get that that same rush when, when you get that phone call that they found the one. Oh, completely completely and even i kind of do a similar thing in um you know for some of my clients i write their dating profile bios for them okay a lot of times people have no idea what to write what to share what mm-hmm. to leave out um, and I just wrote one this last week for a client. She was just like, you nailed it. Like I, you know, I helped her lean into what she really wanted. Cause a lot of men were telling her you can't have what you want. And, um, mm. and I just refused to, to believe that. So, um, yeah. Cause again, you only need one, just one. Like, it doesn't matter if 50 people say no, you no. just need one to say yes. Totally. Totally. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, when you call forth what you want, it uh, helps the universe provide it for you. Yes, I'm glad you said that because because again, in, in almost every show, I mentioned that. I mm. said cause I, I t- tell people said the law of attraction works. I said because <laughs> if you're not attracting what you want, guess what's happening? <laughs> you're attracting what you don't want. <laughs> right, right, and that probably reveals what your belief is. Yeah. Right? So that intentionality is so so key. Yep, so true. It's like I know I know there's one for me out there. I know there is. Oh, of course. But, but just like now, say and and I'll give you full transparency, even even live on the air. All right, I'll give you full transparency. So I was that guy that the tail end of one relationship, I kind of had another one preheating. Right. So <laughs> as bad as it sounds, I know. Listen, I, I made mistakes. Right. So. Yeah. So when this last one ended, I was like, all right, we got to break the cycle here. Mm-hmm. I said, because I keep doing it. All right. It's like, so we got, we got to break the cycle and said, let me just stop. Let me just be alone. Let me just focus on building the business, help, helping my fitness clients, helping my coaching clients said, let's get the speaking going. Let's get the podcast going. And like all these things that I want to do that I couldn't do because I didn't have have time for the relationship. You know, yes. So it's like, like you're still on the computer, 
oh, oh, you're still the, you have to go where, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, all these things that I'm putting on the back burner to make time for the relationships that keep not working. <laughs> like, so, you know, so it's like, you know what, let me just focus on me. But now herein lies the other problem is I'm getting used to being alone. Mm-hmm. So, so, so now it's like, am I going to be able to share a house with someone again down the line? Yes. <laughs> it's like, I yes. got the whole bed to myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's pros and cons of that. <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. You know, like I can you wash my clothes. <laughs> I can wash my clothes and leave them in a basket for two days before I fold them. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you'll know uh, when you're ready. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry. So give me a final word here and then we'll break it down so you can get on with your day. Mm. Gosh. Well, um, who you're seeking is seeking you. Mm. By Rumi. Deep. See, I'm gonna be, uh, you, you're going to see a whole bunch of memes with all like the, the many quotes that you've dropped in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Love so, quotes. Don't worry, I'll, I'll give you credit for him. I'll give you credit. <laughs> that one's roomy, so um, that one's not original. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's still good, though. Pow- powerful, powerful. Yeah, yeah. it's like wh- whenever I watch these back, like when I go on, on my walk, although it's getting cold now, so like I'm walking more indoors, but yeah. when I go on my walks, like I- I'll watch these back. Yeah. And even though I sit here and I take notes, there's still so many things that I miss, mm. you know? And it's like, oh, wow, that's a good one. You know, it's like, that's a good one. <laughs> So it's good Definitely. stuff. All right. Well, thank you very much for taking the time, sharing your stories and your expertise and li- listening to my to my babble, you know, along the way. Appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Robert. This was a total delight. My pleasure. Um, yeah. Do you want me to, to connect you with some, some of my podcast friends? Sure. That'd be great. That'd All right. Yeah. Great. All right. So, yeah. So just hang, hang back backstage for a second. Okay. All right. I'll see you in a minute. All right. Sounds good. All right. All right, so that was Dr. Holly. So if you happen to catch us midway, you want to go back and watch the beginning because you guys know I always get that backstory first to find out why people do what they do, and then it'll tie in everything else. All right, so again, let's put her website up. And for those listening on the audio, it's findloveatlast.com, F-I-N-D-L-O-V-E-A-T-L-A-S-T.com. And she's offering the first five people a 45-minute call to talk about your love life. She didn't say it was a sales call. She said it was a free call. So 45 minutes is huge. There are are people that charge like hundreds or if not thousands of dollars for their time. And she's offering it to five of you. Take advantage. All right. So I got for you for today. I'll be back on Tuesday. Oh, and the next All-Star panel is on December 4th where th- this was yesterday's panel, but on December 4th. So make sure, make sure you uh, tune in for that. These panels have been absolute fire. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm sure when I do the, the relationship panel that we're going to have Dr. Holly back for that one, if her schedule allows. All right. Take care. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind.